Welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. We are in our second weekend of 2021. Pleasure to be here. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight, and uh, it's going to be fun. So hang on and hang out with us. Uh, I'm Wayne. And I'm Steve. We got, right. got a major topic that we're going to be talking major about tonight. Major. I don't know if it's going to be fun or not, but it's something that's uh, that has uh, put in put a target on democracy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's where we're gonna we're gonna spend probably most of the hour dealing with that. Yep. And other than a couple of side notes, uh, we want to start with a memorial. And that is we had a sports figure that passed away this past week or since our last broadcast. And that is Mr. Tommy Lasorda, who happened to be the May, uh, Dodgers manager. And he was the manager. He was involved with the Los Angeles Dodgers for most of his life. As a matter of fact, for over 70 years, he was in the Dodgers organization and was able to win two World Series. Many times he went to the World Series. He's lost a few. And he passed away. And with that, I'd like to ask you, Wayne, what what are your thoughts on on Mr. Tommy Lasorda since you kind of we played baseball coming up early? Yeah, yeah, we 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 played, you know, we we did our things in the in the I think you you actually played on the high school team there at uh, E-Town High. Uh and I played in the, you know, the recreational leagues there in town, the Peanut League, Little League, that type of thing. But um Tommy Lasorda, man, he he was he was one he was one of those what I call an old school baseball guy. You know, and uh, there there's a few old school baseball guys that come to mind like Dusty Baker. Uh, Billy Martin, um, Tom, uh, uh, Larusa, Tony Larusa, Tony Larusa, yep. You know that that vein of coach manager that you know it's sort of no nonsense, man. You know, have the respect of the players, but the players respect the coach. And he and you know it, it wasn't no crap. You know, nowadays you know you got guys that feel they can you know talk down to the coach and be buddy buddy with the coach or whatnot but Tommy Lasorda was one of those old school uh, baseball guys and as you mentioned man he's, he's a hall of famer two-time a world series champ two-time national league manager of the year the Dodgers have retired his number two uh, that he wore uh, during his time there and um, if you remember man I don't know if you remember but uh, one of our high school uh, classmates who uh, got signed by the Dodgers? Yep, um, sort of coached him uh, for yep. for a time, and we talked about Mark on uh, one of our, I guess, man, one of our first or second podcast. I think it's our second podcast. Second podcast, and uh, so Tommy Lasorda coached uh, coached one of our uh, classmates, uh, Mark Bradley, and, um, graduated with us in 1975, signed by the Dodgers right out of high school. So uh, great guy, great gentleman. Um, when you say a gentleman of the game, he could get fiery at times. Uh, I, I love the, the scene, man, that they show on the sports reels where he's kicking the dirt on the umpire. <laughs> yeah. 
that is one of my favorite scenes. But um, had the respect of, of of not just the players that he coached, uh, but he had the respect uh, of players man around the league. So the Dodger organization will definitely miss him. And so uh, we we want to say rest in peace, man, to uh, to a great uh, great gentleman and a great sports person, uh, Mr. Tommy Lasorda. Yes, sir. And, and you know, to to follow up with that, uh, we we had. Hadn't, didn't have a chance to mention this earlier, but with all the the years that he was was in the uh, major leagues and the years that he served with the Dodgers as a manager uh, and so on, there was something that happened within the past month that has literally uh, integrated baseball, and that is is that the Negro Leagues players records and their memorabilia has been uh, carried over to the statistics of Major League Baseball. So last year was the 100th or the century mark of the Negro Leagues, and it was fitting that Major League Baseball accepted all of the uh, records from uh, the Negro Leagues. You know, with some of the some of the people that never had a chance to play in the major leagues, like Josh Gibson, uh, Papa Bell, and and so on, the different the different teams like the the Indianapolis Clowns and so on. So they've integrated all those, and just think of all the numbers that now you can look in and see records. Now, the one thing I would like to see if they get rid of or they don't put an asterisk by those records to indicate that they were from the Negro League, the, the major league, uh, Negro major leagues. So if it's just records and it has their names up there, then that's what it should be. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if, if they're going to recognize them as a, quote, official league, which in my opinion, they always were an official league. Right. Uh, you know, they they became a league because you wouldn't allow these guys to play in the mainstream league. So you know what? People got uh, smart. Uh, there's some ingenuity there, and they they built a league, man. That that was booming. Uh, and if you ever get the opportunity, man, I don't know if you've ever been to Kansas City uh, to go to the Negro League uh, Museum there in Kansas City, man. It's awesome. Uh, to see all the memorabilia, the the players that played, you named a few of them, Satchel Page, right? Um, you know all these guys that you know most people never heard of, except uh, for the barnstorming and and the games that were played in you know obscure fields and you know parks and stuff like that back in the day of the of the height of the Negro League. Most people didn't know anything about these guys, but they were hell of baseball players, right? Right. And they didn't get that opportunity. It wasn't because they weren't good enough. Uh, they were denied the opportunity to play in the major leagues. So uh, to now come back, um, you know, and now we're going to recognize you guys now. To me, yeah, it's great. But uh, it should have been recognized all along, just like the um, the uh, the women's uh, professional baseball league that's uh, portrayed in a league of their own. They were recognized. You know, so uh, it's good. It's yeah. good. I'm glad to and, see it. And happen. I have I have been to the Kansas City and gone okay. to the museum. Yeah, it's as, it's as, an as awesome a matter of, as a matter of fact, uh, the uh, 
there's a Corvette club called Kansas City Connect. Okay. And and they and we're kind of sister clubs. We go visit them. They come to Indianapolis and visit us. And they had a uh, 1920s gala uh, for us coming into town. Had a party and had a, everything that you can imagine. And it was at the uh, museum. Awesome. awesome. It was at the museum. Of course, it was closed, but we used right. the museum to uh, have a party the night before. Yeah. And then we had a car show the next day and so on. And that was at the downtown uh, Kansas City. So it was neat. Nice place to be. Yep. Pick, picked up some memorabilia and so on. Yep. It is an awesome place. So it's a good thing. Glad to see it happen. Uh, and hopefully they do, um, you know, accept those records were what they were. They they were records that were earned on the field and uh, no asterisks, uh, none of that crap. Just, hey, these guys are part of the history of baseball in the United States and, and let and let that be that. So hopefully that will be the case. So glad to see that happen. So uh, I guess it's time to take the lid off, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> time, time to drop the bomb. Oh, my gosh. So but, go first, but first, we, we do have to talk about one other thing before we get to the the hype of the night. And that is we had a Senate race uh, that took place yes. a couple of days after our last broadcast. And the results of that Senate race down in Georgia have has uh, freed us from Moscow Mitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he will no longer be the leader Senate majority leader. And uh, that is a great thing. And the fact that a lot of these other committees headed by Republicans, uh, they're going to be replaced, too. So Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff uh, won those races down in Georgia, Senate runoff races, and they will be uh, sworn in to the 117th Congress, I think, uh, a couple of days uh, after inauguration there before I can't remember what what the time frame is. I don't remember it should be before should be before yeah, yeah. but anyway, uh, the Democrats uh, now have control of the White House and they have control of the House and they have control in the Senate and the president of the Senate is the VP <laughs> Madam Vice President Kamala Harris so it's all good man it is yeah. all good. Yeah, it surprised me uh, simply because I didn't think uh, Warnoff, uh, Ossoff, Warnoff, <laughs> I didn't think Arsoff would uh, pull through. Uh, it was just the the massive numbers of folks that came out to vote yep. that brought him through. And yep. I think Reverend Warnock was, you know, he was the captain of that ship. And he pulled a second officer along with him. And I've got a lot of lot of fraternity brothers, man, that live in the Atlanta area. Yeah. And I was texting them and writing them and saying, hey, you got You guys got to get back out there and do it again. And they were on it from the day after the uh, the election on November the 3rd. And they all they all posted that, you know, they had voted. And everybody was there. And also, you got to give Stacey Abrams a, a, another shout out for continuing to do her work. 
And this is going to last. Moscow Mitch is going to be in the minority for the next two years. Yep. And so, and Warnock goes back up for election in two years. Yep. So it's important. And, and Lynn and I were talking about this is that we have to make it a habit of doing this all the time. You cannot take you cannot take the day off because I uh, can't take an election off because it's going to have major repercussions, repercussions and consequences uh, to what's going to happen in the country. Right. Right. You know, uh, so it, that was a that was a big thing. And it, and it took it was uh, about a day, day and a half uh, before uh, the election was called. I know. Reverend Warnock, uh, he was um, he was announced Tuesday night, and then uh, John Ossoff was announced in the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. But everybody didn't recognize that that happened. That was a minority or minor thing that was going on to what was happening at our country's capital. In yep. Washington D.C., yep. which is the next topic that we're going to discuss, the the chaos and the attempted coup d'état of our capital. Yes, sir. The what are you what are your thoughts? What are oh your thoughts on that? Gosh. I had a little bit of silence there. Go ahead. Oh my gosh. Um, I was I was at work and uh, I, I had my uh, I had my phone uh, on MSNBC just to you know see what was going on and then um, you know they broke in and said um, you know this uh, after the current occupant gave his speech at this rally in front of the White House um, they broke in and said hey there's a um, there's a, they didn't say mob at the time they just said. There's a uh, a huge number of people headed toward the Capitol, and they're like, we're going to keep monitoring this. Uh, we're not sure what's going on, but they're headed toward the Capitol. And then I said, okay, cool. So I turned the volume down and kept doing what I was doing. And then they broke in again, not too long later, and said, you know, people are actually trying to get into the Capitol. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, I tell you, man, I would have never believed in a hundred years that someone would try to commit a coup in this country. A sitting president would try to commit a coup. I, I would have never believed. If you told me, I'd swear you were a liar. But it happened right before our eyes. And um, something, people need to be held accountable. That's that's my thing. People need to be held, held accountable because this is nothing more than it was an insurrection it was incited by the current occupant and his son and Rudy Giuliani and the senators in, in the Republican senators in the Congress that continued to perpetrate the lie that the election was a fraud and people were cheated. Uh, they need to be held accountable as well for everything that happened on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. And so it was like, man, this is insane. This doesn't happen in America. Well, you know, it has. It does. I mean, it does. Well, you know, you 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 people it, do get, and this has been building. This has been building 
for over a year because the current occupant has been peddling this lie that, you know, if if by chance I do lose, the only way I'm going to lose is because they cheated. And, And so this has been perpetrated for over a year. And so people have been getting primed and he's been throwing more gasoline on the fire. And then he he literally blew it up on um, on Wednesday. And these people were crazy, man. If you look at the video, it was like they were a out of control mob. And so um, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I do not think that he should be allowed to remain in office. I don't care if it's two weeks left or not. He needs to be he needs to go. And so a lot of options are on the table, as you well know. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have some comments about uh, your former governor there in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he is he he's he has an opportunity here to redeem himself, but I don't think he will uh, to invoke the 25th Amendment, call the cabinet together, invoke the 25th Amendment, and remove him from office. I don't think he has the courage to do it. I don't think he has the will. I don't think he has the balls. And so we're going to be forced to look at some other options. And even though uh, time is running out, he's only got two weeks left in office. To me, it doesn't matter. You got to send this guy a message. And uh, if if the Senate, how I mean, if the House of Representatives uh, chooses, they're going to offer um, an article of uh, impeachment tomorrow, and uh, we'll go from there. But. He, he's going to be stained regardless of what happens. And as soon as he is no longer president on January the 21st, he's got other repercussions on top of what's going on here. The stuff that he instigated, he's got other stuff going on as well. So one way or the other, he is going to get his comeuppance. And uh, it's, it, it's ridiculous, man, that this has been allowed to go on for four years and it culminated in what we saw on uh, Wednesday with people literally ransacking and violating uh, the capital of this country. And so not only does he need to be held accountable, but again, the 12 people who perpetrated the lie right along with him, they need to be held accountable well as well. Expo- they need to be expelled from the Senate, whatnot. Something needs to be done to them as well, because this is a um, straight up attack on democracy man and uh it's democracy is 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 taking some heavy breaths right now it, it's i won't say it's on life support but um it it's it has taken some hard blows and uh it, it's looking a little weak right now your thoughts uh, democracy right now has covid as well <laughs> as you said it's 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 taken some deep breaths because yep. of the foolishness that has that has gone on. And let's not forget Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Yep. Let's don't let's don't throw them out of there. And as you said, the current occupant has been perpetrating lies, perpetrating lies the entire four years he's been in office. And by building lying over and over and over again and getting people fired up to say that this is this is a lie. You know, the race down in Georgia is a lie. And you have people down in Georgia that voted for him saying, Mr. Mr. President, uh, I owe you a dollar. Uh, I, 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 this isn't a lie. These are the numbers. We've done this three times. And all the numbers are the same. You can't change that. 
And so, of course, with his personality and with his his ego, he just threw them underneath the bus as well. So what you have is this this group of people that is following behind the current occupant. And within that group of people, you have a radicalized group of people that are nationalists. They are racist. They are Klan's member. They are neo-Nazis. They are the same Proud Boys. They are the same people that were at Charlotte. Now, these are the ones that want to really do damage. They don't give a crap about democracy. They don't give a crap about uh, Congress. They don't give a crap about anything. They just want to start a race war. Then you have other people that supported the current occupant, and they think that since I am a Republican, I'm going to go up there and give them my support. And they got caught up in the middle of that. And you could tell when, when, when this thing broke out, Lynn and I were watching a movie, and I'm I have a laptop that's on a desk in the kitchen. I have a lot laptop that's by um, my my couch in in the family room, and so I'll pick it up every now and then and look at something. So I looked at something, and it says, you know, breaking news: there people are marching on the Capitol building. And I said, hey, Lynn, they're saying that they're marching on the Capitol building. Let's switch over to that. And we turned it on and they were marching there. I said, oh, they're just marching by it and they're not going to do anything. And then 10 seconds later, they were trying to get into the Capitol. So with with all that being said, the process of counting the ballots, you know, you have the election in November, the the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, that's in the Constitution. That's the first part of it. Then on December the 14th, the electors that are chosen, they get to cast their ballots. That's the second part of the process. And then on January the 5th, the ballots are read in front of both houses of Congress. Now, for as long as we've lived, they've counted those ballots and no one has given a shit about those ballots. Every now and then they will show, okay, they counted the ballots officially. Of course, when when Gore ran and since it was kind of disputed in 2000, they said it's official now. George W. Bush is the president of the United States. Well, this time the entire world's looking at that because you have the current occupants that has been trying to get the vice president to steal the election. He's been trying to get the governor of Georgia to steal the election. He's been trying to get the representatives in Michigan to steal the election. He's been trying to get the people in in, in Pennsylvania to steal the election. So what you've got is a, a teapot that's, that's starting to boil. The whistle hadn't gone off yet. And so he had been telling people that on January the 6th, we want you in Washington, D.C., because that's when they're legally counting the ballots. And so those people went to the White House. I'm going to be there with you is what he said. I'm going to be there with you. And then he got them all fired up and he says, we're going to march down to the Capitol and I'm going to be with you, too, which, you know, he was a lying son of a gun. 
Okay, and then his stupid son got up and said, you know, you got to, we want to win. We got to do this. And then Juliana get, got up there and said some stupid stuff. And then off they went. Now he goes back inside the White House or goes back inside a little tent they got set up there so he can watch what's going on. He gave them their marching orders. And yep. then those people, those militia people, those um, clans member, those neo-Nazis, all those crazy guys, they brought stuff to start a war. They were going to try to go in and stop the counting of the ballots. So, and and I, I think because of this systemic systemic racism that goes on in this country, and I hope people that, that are listening to this understand that it is systemic racism in the country. So if we go back and look at, uh, I think it was August 26th of last year when they had the voting rights march. 200,000, 200,000 people uh, went to Washington, D.C., and they had a peaceful rally. Now, the Lincoln Memorial, they had the National Guard on every, almost every level of the Lincoln Memorial. They had the National Guard on every level of the Capitol building. They had the National Guard spread out to the Supreme Court, the Washington Monuments, the Jefferson Monuments. They had, they had the National Guard everywhere in case all these black folks and people that supported Black, black Lives Matter go crazy, in which nothing happened. Not even a single arrest and over 200,000 people were there. So when it came to this gathering at the White House, people just said, they're not black. They're not going to do anything. You know, they're, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to go down. They're just going to be down to the White House. The, the, the Capitol Police, they weren't concerned about it, even though that people were telling them that these things could possibly happen. Yeah. Don't worry about it. They're, they're not going to do anything. These are good white folks. These are good white people. They wouldn't do anything like that because white people don't do that. Right. And so what you got is a group of hardliners that are marching there and they got their marching orders to go win back the election. And so all these people for all these years of these years have been believing these lies that he's told them. And then they decided to take actions upon it right in the middle of them counting the ballots and right in the middle of them uh, contesting the election. So under the under the Senate and the House rules, under the rules of counting the electoral ballots, if somebody objects to it, then and there's somebody from the other side objects to it, like if there is a House member and a Senate member objects to it. Then you go and debate about it, and then you have a vote, and then you come back. Well, that's what they did. They were in the process of coming back, and then these stupid people, I, I will say this, the dirty dozen, those 12 members of the Senate that were going to object to the uh, different uh, elections in, uh, in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona, uh, were going to object to it. After that melee happened, okay, half of them said, I ain't going to vote for this now because it's going to put me on record of saying that I voted, I was against this. And you had these people that were, that were hurt, injured, and, and, and people killed. Five people died. 
So there needs to be heads. Heads need to roll. Okay. They need to investigate anybody that stepped in that building. Their asses need to go to jail. Their asses need to spend some serious time in federal prison because it was an over, it was an attempted overthrow our, our government to overthrow the elected, the elected winner of the election. You know, it's, it's a shame that people were killed. I mean, it's amazing if you saw that once the one uh, segment where this black Capitol police officer was trying to hold back a group of people and he had one of those batons that 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 you can sling out and it gets extends out. Yeah. He's trying to hold him back. He picks that up and this guy's coming towards him. You know, Wayne, if that was me. I would have smacked him upside his damn head. <laughs> and if he kept coming, my life was threatened. And I don't know if I would have shot him or not. But it's pretty damn close. You know, I may have shot him in the leg or shot something. But, you know, it's it's amazing that you have two things. While they guard everything, when black folks show up, and then they guard nothing when these number of people that show up yeah. that that do that. That's two justice systems. That ain't that's not right. And it's the assumption. Right. You know, we assume right. that white is right and we assume is black get back. We assume yeah. that white is gonna be peaceful and black is gonna be bad. Okay? That's just that's just my initial thoughts. No, no, that's uh I mean you, they, they showed numerous videos about the type of uh, protection that was employed at the Capitol for, for, you know, for Black Lives Matter uh, protests, you know, people out there exercising their First Amendment rights. And they had um, National Guard troops or whomever, man, they were lined up on every step to the Capitol. I mean, you know, three or four uh, ranks deep, you know, and again, it was peaceful, you know. Um, So, what we, what we saw the other day, as you mentioned, man, it was nothing short of insurrection, sedition, um, things that are they're, – they're treasonous acts, man. You People were literally trying to overthrow the government. And, and what I found odd about it was you know, the current occupant whipped all these people up and, uh, you know, I'm going to be with you. And then <laughs> yeah. he takes his ass back to the White House like the coward that he is. I mean – I mean, people should realize, dude, this guy doesn't give a rat's ass about you. You're the one now going to do federal prison time, the people that they've caught, and they're going to catch a lot more. But you're going to do federal prison time, but your fearless leader was nowhere to be found. You know, got you all hyped up and sent you in into a situation that now you're probably wish, oh, my God, you know, I got to I got to go to jail while he's kicked back somewhere relaxing, watching the action. The other part of this is that his his second in command, he was in the Capitol at the time because as the president of the Senate, he was there to ratify, certify the Electoral College vote. And he had to be rushed out of the Capitol because of the insurrection that was going on going on outside. But the current occupant seemed to not care at all that his VP was 
under duress in a situation that was a duress situation. Didn't, he didn't care. Ask about the guy. Nothing. Well, the reason being is the fact that Pap, punk ass Pence, he literally said that you know I, I can't change the ballots. I I can only do what I'm allowed to do, and that is That's to right. read the ballots out. That's right. And so the current occupant just threw him underneath the bus again, and he goes if they and and, and the people that were outside were chanting, "Kill Pence." Yep. They wanted to. They had they had strung up a gallows across from the Capitol building, and they were going to drag him out and hang him. And they wanted to hang Nancy Pelosi. And if they could have gotten to him, I guarantee you there would be a lot of congressmen and senators, uh, male and female, that could have been killed. Absolutely. And this is this is nothing that has to be take can be taken lightly. Nope. You know, nope. Nope. And, uh, you know, it's to me, it's sad that these people who support him blindly and and, and can't see that this dude is none but a liar and he's a joke, but they're still out there. You know, he's their guy and all his rhetoric about, you know, he loves law enforcement. This this Capitol police officer got killed. Somebody hit him over the head with a with a fire extinguisher. Well, they had his funeral today. I have yet to hear the current occupant offer any words of condolence about the officer to his family. Not a word. But he loves law enforcement. You know, so if people can't see, I mean, we can see it. Those of us who have a bit of intelligence, we can see that this guy is worthless. He is worthless. And he is the most abominable human being that that I can think of, man. But these people who who he loves, he, he loves the poorly educated. They continue to follow this guy and can't see that. He doesn't care about you, man. All he wants you to do is do his dirty work, get caught, get jammed up, and he's nowhere to be found. Right. Nowhere. Right. Nowhere what? to be found. And go ahead. Go ahead. No. I'm, and, and, and if you can't, as a human being, this man was killed defending the seat of democracy. You're the current president of the United States, and you can't offer some words of condolence about this guy's service to the country and to his family, you're pathetic, man. You are a pathetic individual. And it, it's sad, man, that, that you you hate to see it, man, because you think people, you know, we're, we're intelligent creatures, <laughs> you think. But I'm watching this mob, man, how, how like, they were literally unhinged. And I, I saw I saw one or two of us in the crowd. Oh, you know, yeah. I saw one or two of us in the crowd. Yep. But for the most part, it was white folks up in there, trashing the Capitol, you know, flying their flags, their Confederate flags, and some guy had on an Auschwitz shirt and all kind of crap, man. I mean, it's like, and they call us uh, savages and, and, and uncouth and whatever, all the names they want to pin on black folks. Come on, man. Hey, let me tell you, there's there's no one more American than a group of people who was owned by America. 
And that's yep. us. Yep. You know, and, and Lynn and I, Lynn got stuck. She didn't do anything but watch that stuff. She goes, I can't take my eyes off of it. She goes, I can't believe this. And there's one ironic scene that I noticed. And that is there's some lady that was kind of in the back, wasn't in the, on the Capitol itself, but they uh, had tear, tear gassed her. And the lady said, and she was crying, boo-hooing. They're not supposed to tear gas us. They're supposed right. to tear gas black people. Black yeah. lives matter. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. what we see. What we see, what we witnessed is what you ultimately called white privilege. Yep. Because those people that was there marched up to the Capitol building and never thought that somebody was going to resist because they feel that it's theirs. Right. As right. if it, we don't feel that it's that it's ours. Right. And it right. really pissed me off, man. Yeah. I was fired up all day because of them going into the Capitol and doing that. Yeah. And so when they went up there, you mean you had some of the uh, Capitol police that were letting these people go, letting them in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, taking selfies, having a conversation. And hell, there was one time there was one Capitol police that walked the lady down the damn yep. stairs. Yep. Held, held her hand and walked her, and down, walked the her down the stairs. But you, you know, know, and, and, and the other thing, and this is, this is a sad by ironic thing about when they were going in to try to get into the, try to get into the house chambers and they had that door blocked blocked off and that's where the um uh, the next door on the opposite side was going right into the chambers and they still had members of congress there and that's where that that air force veteran lady uh i think her last name was babbitt i can't remember yeah. her first name yeah that's when she was shot yeah you know she decided that hey the they, the the other thing I, I got a thousand things going on in my mind right now. You had officers there standing there and they were hitting the windows, hitting the doors. And then suddenly they just kind of walked to the side. And then this group of uh, insurgents literally start breaking down the door, yep. breaking down the door and breaking the window. And this, this Babbitt lady, she decides that she's going to jump through the window. And when she stuck her face to, to that window decided to go across there, they shot her. Yep. And the difference was outside of the chambers was the Capitol police inside that area was the secret service. And you don't realize it, but you've got the current occupant is number one. The vice president is number two in the chain and the third person in the chain is the speaker of the house of representative. Yep. And so the, those secret service guys that were inside the house chamber area, I think it was a lobby. They were shooting to kill because their job was to protect the vice president who was in there somewhere and the speaker of the house. Yep. And so she decided to jump, jump into that area and they shot her ass. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, it's a shame that that happened. But here's the other thing that pisses me off. 
immediately when she got shot, they started giving her aid and assistance right there. Last week, the guy in Columbus, Ohio, the police shot him and they laid him there. He stayed on the ground with no assistance. As a matter of fact, they cuffed him. And we talked about this before. They handcuffed him behind his back as he bled out in his garage. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let me, let's see. There's a black guy in Columbus, Ohio. They shoot first who has nothing but a cell phone. Right, right. He's felt threatened. And then well, you have this mob of people, uh, yeah. 10,000 people that's in the Capitol building. Those people should have been more threatened than anything. And then she gets shot and they rendered, they tried to render aid and save her life. I wish they, they wish they could have saved her life, you know, but they were unable to, she died on the way to the hospital or at the hospital. Yeah. Okay. But that's what you get when you have a person that only thinks about himself, that is an agitator and that is, uh, not courage, courageous enough to do what he says. Yeah. And, no, he, and, and Twitter took his stuff down and they should yeah. have. Yeah. He, 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 as we, we, you know, we, we've been talking about this for almost since he came, came into being that at its core, at its fundamental core, this dude is nothing. He is as soft as they come, man. He's probably never had a fight in his life. Um, never had to stand up to anybody in his life. You know, he's been the bully that thinks he's bad and whatnot. And when push comes to shove, he's all talk, man. And, And these people, they hinge on his every word. And so it's unfortunate that the, the lady got killed. But as you said, man, now it's not just you're breaking into the Capitol, you're threatening the succession of government. And so the Secret Service is trained to shoot to kill. They are going to put their bodies on the line to protect those people. So it's unfortunate. But we've seen in the past where, you know, they said they rent, you know, they attempted to render aid to her right away. The guy they shot in in Columbus, uh, someone called the police because he's running his car in his garage. I mean, how stupid is that? Right. The dude, I mean, I run my car in my garage. My wife warms her car in the garage. It's You do that in the wintertime to warm your car up. But somebody calls because he's running his car in the garage. And the police roll up, no questions. All the man's got in the cell phone, they shoot him. He lays in the floor for several minutes, and no one comes to his aid. The gentleman, uh, Dylan Roof, he shoots nine people in that church in South Carolina. They roll up on the church. And what do they do? They walk him out and take him to Burger King to get get food because he's hungry. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. And people wonder why black folks get upset and why we say there's systemic racism in this country. Because it's it's right in front of your face if you look at it. But people don't want to see it. And now, because of everything that's gone on, people suddenly have developed a conscience. And I'm, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that, you know, I think you mentioned, I saw on one of your Facebook pages, Elaine Chow, she's she's stepping down because she just can't take this anymore. Right. But you've been standing by this man for four years. Betsy DeVos, 
You've been standing by this man for four years. It only took people rummaging the Capitol for you to realize that this guy is worthless and has been doing all kind of corrupt stuff for four years. Now you get a conscience. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Yeah, like, so like I said in that post is that they're only looking out for their next job. They're only looking out for themselves. But in my view, you know what? You're stained. You're tainted. You have hitched yourself to this man for four years who's going to go down as the worst president in U.S. history. You were part of his cabinet. You endorsed everything he did for four years. And so I'm sorry. No one's giving you a lollipop for suddenly saying, you know, this was so terrible. I got to resign because you, you come on. You saw all the stuff going on for four years and you didn't say a word. Um, Susan Collins, um, she was she was one of the people who voted not to convict him in the Senate. Right. Yes, what he did was wrong. But, you know, people, they've been propping this guy up for four years. And now those of us, again, who got a little bit of intelligence, we're supposed to like, well, maybe we can't forgive him. No, that's not how life works. Right. That's not how right, it works. Right. That's not and how it, it works. If it's 12 days. Oh, let him go. Let's just let him let's just let his term in because it's going to be over. No. You know, if someone does something wrong and it's the last day, they need to be prosecuted. Absolutely. You know, and, and just 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 think I don't mean to cut you off. Just think what would have happened. And this is kind of I used to teach this when the American sh- soldiers showed up to Dachau at the end of World War II. Just think what would have happened if they would not have showed up. They said that Hitler is dead. He's killed himself in Berlin. What if they would just said, okay, the war is over. We're going to leave. Right. You know, so if he had three days left and committed a crime, it still needs to be prosecuted because you need to send a signal. And this is what's this is what's changed about America. We've had a government that has followed the rules for 240 some years. We had presidents have followed the rules for the most part for 240 some years. The rules are there for a different country. Those same rules apply to him don't work because he does not respect law and order. But he says he's the law and order president, yeah, right. but he does not respect it. Uh, so now with this majority of the Senate, majority in the House and the presidency, they need to start writing new rules because in the future, you're going to have somebody like him to try to come back. And we need to put a squelch to that, just like the president can't be can't be charged with a crime while he's president of the United States. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need to write in there a president cannot pardon himself. Yep. We need to put in there that a president cannot cannot force the election to be overturned. That's breaking the law. We need to put those rules in. We need to put a rule in the Senate that you have they just need to throw out the filibuster as we the filibuster as we talked about right. before so that things can get accomplished right so right. that 
so that Moscow Mitch can't throw in the filibuster because he's all about power. He doesn't give a damn about anything except his power. Yeah. Hey, Across the Tracks fans, that's the conclusion of part one of this episode. Please stay tuned to part two coming to you very soon.